Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of On The Board Sports. I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T., joined by my wonderful main man, Will Cherucci, a.k.a. Will C. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing all right, other than this whole John Tavares uh, thing going too on. Early, too, too early. Too, too early, early for that right now, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm alive. I'm happy, and that's all that matters. Well, I'm glad you're alive because outside feels like death. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it feels like 180 degrees outside. It's it's hot. <laughs> bottom line, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. So it's it's crazy to say the very least. Definitely. So, um, well, man, how was your week? My week was pretty good. You know, had a really productive week at work. Uh, I'm working at LaGuardia Airport right now, building the new Terminal B. Awesome. You know, doing doing the electrical work in there right now. They say they want it done by September first. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Well, it doesn't look too. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But you know, hey, look, listen. There have been crazy things going on. So that's right. You know, it is what it is. Sean, how was your week? Long, uh, very very long. Looking forward to going home and going to bed. It's been a very long week. So. Um, but speaking of the week, where we had a lot happen in sports, mm-hmm. um, free agency in two sports. We're going to start with basketball here, right? Uh, the M the NBA twelve oh one a.m. midnight free agency started. We've already had some big names going back to their own uh, respective teams, right? Like Kevin Durant, he signed a two year deal yesterday. Going back to for the less Warriors, money for very less money. That's right. that's what happens when you want to win a championship. You take less money and you. Try and win right. championships there. Uh, Paul George was going back to the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's a that's a that's a surprise that's right a surprise. there. A very big surprise right there to say right. the very least. Right. Uh, CP3 going back to the Rockets on a four year max deal worth about one hundred sixty one million dollars. Right. Uh, Jer- Jeremy Grant going back to Oklahoma City. Joe Harris of your Nets. Yes. Going back. Uh, Derrick Rose back to the Wolves and Rudy Gay back to the Spurs. And for the signings, for the new faces and the same the new faces with different teams, we had DeAndre Jordan going for a one year deal, uh, Irsan Ilyasova going to Milwaukee, going back to Milwaukee again. <laughs> again. Uh, he signed a pretty nice deal. I think it was a two year deal. And you had Trevor Ariza. The swingman from Houston going to Phoenix on a one-year deal worth about $15 million right there. Ed Davis went to the Nets from Portland. Dude, let me tell you something right now. $543 million in contracts in the first half hour of free agency yesterday. Half a bi- over half a billion, bro. Half a billion dollars. Can I sign up for that somewhere, please? <laughs> $543 million within a half an hour was spent in NBA free agency. Yeah, man, and and well, I think out of all the ones that you said, a couple, a couple ones are uh, a sick out. I'm surprised. I knew that Trevor Ariza wasn't going to stay because there's just there's only so much money you can give give guys. Right. I'm shocked he went to the Suns. One because they're they're the Suns and they're not looking to win any anytime soon. But number two, they have a plethora of guys that play two and three spot, which are, which is where uh, he's going to play. So I don't see the fit there. But I mean, I guess fifteen million dollars over a course of a year is not a bad chump, a chunk of change. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so um, that one we stood out. The the Andre Jordan one, that one also because. Remember, well, two or three years ago, he had he was locked in and ready to go, and then Doc Rivers and Chris Paul and Blake Griffin locked him in the room <laughs> before he signed. And and where are all where are those two guys now, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul? 
Chris Paul is in Houston and Blake Griffin is in Detroit. So. Detroit basketball. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, um, he went back home because that's where he's from. That's his, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and I got the woods. But for only one year, that that one kind of uh, threw me for the loop kind of sort of. I, you know what? I think this is a new, a new trend now. I think we're seeing that. You don't want to see, obviously, teams going in and, and signing these guys to, to big money and long years and holding these teams up for, for hostage for the money. Now, these, these players aren't thinking that at all. They could care less, I feel like. Right. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they're human. Right. If, if somebody wants to spend one year with the city and with the team, I don't blame them. I don't blame them for doing that, you right. know? I, I don't necessarily see uh, a guy like uh, DeAndre Jordan uh, or even uh, like last year they had J.J. Redick signing the, with the Sixers for a one-year deal worth about $23 million. Right. So you don't want to be uh, contract, contractually uh, obligated with a team, mm. and that's that's all fine with me. But, you know, also, too, with that team, now that $23 million is off the books. You know, there's a lot of TV endorsements going on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things going on with regards to how teams make their money and how they spend it. So we'll see what happens. But the shocker for me, Sean, mm-hmm. is Paul George going mm-hmm. back to Oklahoma City. Right. I mean, he had an opportunity, and he didn't even he didn't go and look at teams. Nope. Just went right back with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony might be getting might released. Be stretched or cut, right? Right. So, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen over there. I know you mentioned DeAndre Jordan, but, you know, I, the Paul George one to me is shocking. Looking back on it now, it's not as shocking as, you know, I think people make it seem. Only for the standpoint of, let's say he, he would have went home. And let's say he would have teamed up with LeBron or Kawhi or DeMarcus Cousins, whoever. Outside of well, whoever he would have came with, the rest of the team is question marks because the Lakers are very young. Ingram's going to be in his third year, Lonzo Ball the second year, Kuzma in his um second year. So they're so the core of that team right now is a guys that are really really young. So one, so I think that's what I'm saying. And number one, like it's me and the other super, superstar, and then what after that? Is that enough to beat Golden State? Probably not. Is that enough to beat Houston? Probably not. Is that enough to beat the Jazz? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's number one. Number two, I think the pressure. You know what I'm saying? I I, I think, you know, Paul George has played in small small spots. His small life. markets. He had a chance to go to USC, UCLA. He turned that down. Where did he go? Fresno State. Mm-hmm. Small school. Mm-hmm. Get drafted. Pacers. A small team. Get traded. Oklahoma City. A small market team. So I think... Well, sometimes what you think you want, when the opportunity is there to take it, sometimes you're like, eh, I don't, I don't think I want this, man. So I think, to me, I think those were the two biggest things. And, I mean, you play with Russell Westbrook, Jeremy Grant's back, Roberson, um, he's coming back, uh, he was hurt. Steven and Adams is one of the best centers um, mm-hmm. in the league, regardless of if Melo stays or if he goes. It's still a unit that's going to come back, and they're going to compete. So I'm glad that he stayed. You know, like all these super teams and guys joining um, forces. I'm kind of I'm kind of glad that you know Chris Paul stayed where he was, Paul George stayed where he was, and I feel like wherever LeBron goes, hopefully he stays 
you know, like where he's at. But if he does leave, well, at least he'll be a competitive type of thing. You know what? I, I like seeing that too. I like seeing the fact that Paul George, he didn't leave for the, for the bright lights and for the big for the big money. Well, he was getting his big money anyway, but he wasn't leaving for the bright lights of a different city. Correct. So that's that's fine with me. I get that. Right. And to see basketball and seeing these players finally, and look at you talk about Paul George here for a second. Look at what happened with with regards to his career, right? You mentioned the accolades that what he did with Fresno State when he was with Indiana. He was within one game of beating that Miami Heat team back in 2013. Everybody forgets that. Everybody forgets <laughs> that. And then during that summer, I believe, with the Team USA, he goes down and he has a Sean Livingston type of injury right gruesome. there. Very good. I actually saw that live, bro. I was actually watching the game and I was like, oh. Yeah. Yes. And Gordon Hayward type of, type of ankle left and foot right. <laughs> yeah. I like to say Sean Livingston before Gordon Hayward, but, right. you know. They were both, both bad. Yeah. So it, that's crazy right there. And Bleach, Bleach, I think it was Bleacher Report that brought that up, too. Like, he goes over to Oklahoma City after getting traded for Victor Oladipo. And for Victor Oladipo, not to get sidetracked, for him to resurrect his career in Indiana where he where he got back because that's what they traded for. And where he went to um, school. Right. So good for him there, for Victor Oladipo. But for Paul George to go to Oklahoma City and stay with Russell Westbrook after what had ha- after what KD did to Russ and the Oklahoma City Thunder fan base, I think is just absolutely phenomenal. So, Paul George, I clap my hands to you. Yes. Thank you for staying and not getting spurned by – not spurned, but getting – Turned into another deal, so you know, and 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 I think I clap my hands to you. I think Sam uh, uh, Presty, I think deserves a lot of credit when he made that trade. It was like you're giving away all the depot, you're giving away um, Sabonis, right? And it's like, you know, if Paul George leaves after one year, that's not going to look. It's look not going to look good on your you're resume. Have Russell, Russell Westbrook and everybody else. Yep, but. He made the deal. Mm-hmm. He stuck to his guns. He had a feeling that, that he could get Georgia signed, and he did. And what a lot of people forget, when he traded away James Harden, one of those first-round picks he got in return ended up being Steven yeah. Adams. Right. So he's drafted well, and he's brought in the right guys. The Carmelo trade, I mean, that didn't work out in year one. Whether he's kept, stretched, or cut, that is yet um, to be seen. But for Sam Apresti to make that trade and believe in himself, believe that Paul George was going to stay, I think he deserves some uh, credit. Sam Presti does deserve a lot of credit right there, but we're going to go and talk about LeBron right now. Yes. Okay. And I found Elephant in the room. <laughs> I I found this pretty funny because a lot of Islanders fans were doing this with John Tavares and tracking his flight and all that. Oh, goodness. You know, it is what it is with that, but we'll, we'll talk about John Tavares later on in the show. And... You know, a lot of fans were tracking LeBron's flight from Cleveland over to Los Angeles. I find that funny <laughs> because whatever happens, and I get what happened with, with LeBron back in eight years ago, nine years ago. Right. He, You know, be, him being the face of the franchise, the young guy. Now, eight years later, he's in his middle ages. And, Sean, I, I ask you this. Where does LeBron James land now? Do, he, do you think he signs in Cleveland again? I think with I think that all the players that could have joined him in L.A. going back, Chris Paul back in Houston, as you just said, Paul George going back, 
Well, I think it's only between two teams. Yes, Phillies wants to interview him. Well, I saw a report that Denver wanted to meet with him. He's yes. not going there. They're going over there. Mm-hmm. I think it's down to Cleveland and Los Angeles. And I read something. Adrian Wojcicki. Uh, he's one of he's one of the best. Adrian Wojnarowski. Wojcicki is one, one, of the one best. of the best to cover the sport. Right. He said, if the Lakers land Kawhi, that will clinch LeBron to in L.A. Right. I think LeBron is giving Magic Johnson a clock. Like if you don't if you don't trade for Kawhi by X date, I'm staying home. <laughs> I mean, he was saying because he's comfortable there, you know. Um, and and one thing that LeBron knows is I'm coming out the East anyway. I don't care what Toronto does, Washington does, Knicks. Um, it was Heat, Nets. Sixers, Nets, Wizards. Right, LeBron knows he's coming out of the East, right. regardless of who's there. So, I could stay here, come out of the East, and mm-hmm. take my chances against Golden State, Houston, whoever. Instead of going to Los Angeles, and again, Will, whoever is a superstar that comes, it's him, LeBron, and a bunch of question, um, a question marks. Especially if it's Kawhi, because you're gonna have to give up at least two of those young pieces to him saying get him. Dingrom definitely, Kuzma most likely as well, because I doubt the Spurs are going to want ball. So, I mean, to answer your question, I think he stays in the Cleveland, but I think it's a two horse race, LA or or obviously Cleveland. Now, they were talking about this on ESPN and all that about how the Cleveland GM wound up calling him up at twelve oh one and telling him, you know. What what are you going to do? And right now, it, we don't know what's going to happen yet. Right. Okay. But with what's going on in Los Angeles right now, Lonzo Ball tore his meniscus. He's probably done for a while. Yeah. We don't know. Wh- no Summer League, no anything. <laughs> right. So we don't know his timetable to come back yet. Um, The uh, Kuzma, Brandon Ingram thing. I don't think if if you're the Lakers and if you're Rob Polinka and Magic Johnson, as much as I like Kawhi Leonard, as much as a a guy and as much of a talent as Kawhi Leonard brings on the defensive side of the ball and he could score 25, I don't know. You know, I don't think he's built for uh, Los Angeles, you know. Even though that's where he's from? Even – I mean, he's the whole home kid. I get that. I understand that. He went to San Diego State University down a couple down the road from Staples Center. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I, I there's just something about it with the LA media and playing basketball with the and and all of that. You know, but I I don't know. And plus, you built up right. If you're the Lakers, you struck out. On Dwight Howard and Steve Nash back six years ago and around this time. Yep. You made the big deals. Did, did it work out for them? No. It wound up costing the Lakers, you know, a, a, a lot. It set them back a lot of not a lot of years, but five years, six years, you know. You give up a lot of draft picks for Dwight Howard and Steve Nash ultimately to try to win now with regards to Kobe. But if you're a genie bus and you're – you know, you're running that show, and you're Magic Johnson. Yeah, I get it. It's a new GM over there now with Palinka instead of Mitch Kupchak over there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You know, I, 
you try and learn from your lesson. You try to build young because these guys right now, when they hit 23, 24 years old and they're not even in their prime yet, mm-hmm. that's when you look at that. Look at the Warriors. They had to spend almost, what, seven years? No, not even. When they won their first title in 2015, Steph Curry had to spend six years of heartbreak before he wound up getting his first championship. And he got lucky along the way, too, with regards to having KD and Russ Westbrook down, uh, the San Antonio Spurs being down that year, and the Cleveland Cavaliers not having uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. But here's the thing, though, Will. If you're Magic and you're Rob Link and you're, you know, Mrs. Bus, Stephen A. Smith said this, and I know Stephen A. Smith gets a lot of hack, a lot of. He's crazy. Know, he's very crazy. He's very loud, but he's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite guys. He made a very good point uh, during the week. Kawhi Leonard has made it clear whether it's the Clippers or his preference, Los Angeles, he wants to come back home. If you know that. Well, Kawhi Leonard's contract expires at the end of next year. If you're the Lakers, you wait. He wants to come to you anyway. You wait. You have him. You don't join. give up. You don't give up the young talent that's there already. And I get that. And he wants. You wait. You simply. Well, I know you're a big time Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to break your heart. Then I went into 2000. In 18, in the 19th. Uh, I agree. I agree. So what's the point of trading away Kuzma and Ingram? When you can have Kuzma and Ingram and Kawhi and Lonzo and whoever else you there. So I would just wait. I would just wait and have him be. And I think the Spurs are going to eventually trade him to an East Coast team. Washington maybe or, mm-hmm. you know, Raptors, whoever. And just let him play his one one year there knowing that I'm knowing that I still have, well, maybe not the two max slots, but I'm but I'm sure the Lakers will be smart enough to at least keep one of those max um, and slots. And you talk about the twenty nineteen. The Knicks are gonna have a lot of cap room. The Nets are already right now have two max slots and not After to the get Dwight off, Howard deal. Right. And not to, to you know, get off of that, but mm-hmm. I think the Nets like we're like we're all hearing Carl Anthony Towns and and Kyrie Irving to the Knicks. I think the Nets want to beat the Knicks <laughs> to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the Nets always wanted. That's that's always like that. It's always beef. So, um, well, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. Kawhi wants to come there. That's where he wants to play. He's made that known. I'll just wait it out. Well, especially since Kawhi Leonard has a year left on his deal, I I would say, hey, look, listen, why not? You know, with with the Lakers, like I said, do you learn from your past history? And you try to build this super team through trading people. And then what happens? It doesn't work out. You can have great talent on a team. Right. But when it all doesn't work together, you know, it's not going to be a good thing. And, well, with the resources in terms of the cap space, the Lakers brand, the young guys, Magic Johnson cannot afford to get this wrong. He cannot afford to get this wrong. He has to get this right. He has or to. Else it will set the back another four five years and when a team in your own division is winning the championship the pacific division outside of golden state is horrible lakers clippers sacramento and phoenix uh, right and the suns horrible so when a team in your division has won three out of the last four when you have the resources right now in terms of draft picks and young guys and money magic johnson will cannot afford to Screw us up. I think all. I think it's just basketball karma coming back to them after them winning the uh, all the championships 
in the early 2000s and in the uh, the later 2000s from 09 and 010. Right. And then you look at a team like the Warriors. The Warriors absolutely sucked. Excuse my language, but they Nobody sucked right. for the whole 2000s with their only exception being the We Believe Warriors from 06-07. The eighth seed that wound up beating the number one seeded Dallas Mavericks. When and making, Baron Davis dunked on Dirk, which I see that all the time. That was Andre Karolinko, I Andre- think. No, 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 no. It, it was um, it was Mavericks. We're gonna have we're gonna have to look at that. But I remember it being the Jazz in the second round. No, 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 no. That was uh, first round game. Uh, game three. Was it game three? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Three. Well, mate, I'm thinking of another. Dunk. We'll look it up. <laughs> we'll look it up for sure. <laughs> right. But I'm I'm thinking of probably Andre Karolinko getting dunked on right. at at home, and you hear uh, Mike Tree going, "Wow, it's crazy <laughs> in here," you know. But anyway, to get back to it. Uh, I personally see, like I said, it's like I said, dude, it's basketball, basketball karma mm-hmm. coming back at you. With the winning comes the losing. Right now, 18 years ago, Lakers were here and the Warriors were here. Now it's flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The Golden State Warriors, they do deserve where they're at right now. But, again, I just, like you said, Sean, you know, with, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the Lakers are going to be thinking or what they're going to be doing. And plus, too, with the Warriors, they're looking out and trying to reach Tyreek Evans. Right. That would be an even crazy move right there. Right. Crazy in a good way. I've always liked him. I've always liked him. The rookie year winning of um, a rookie, a rookie, rookie of the year, year right. with the Kings. I've mm-hmm. always liked him. I always did. He ran into some, you know, he I think he had his knee and his hamstrings. So, you know, but he's always been really, really good. And he had a breakout season uh, last year, an uh, unrestricted guy. So I think whoever picks uh, picks him up is going to, you know, and I'm sure he's, I'm sure at this point of his life, you know, he wants to go to uh, a winning team. So, you know, um, but we spoke about, not to go, you know, back, but let's just say Carmelo gets stretched or he gets cut or whatever the case is. I know he's going to be 33, 30, 20, 34, 34, 20, 35. He's never been the best defensive player, but Carmelo could still score. Mm-hmm. He 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 could still give you that. All he needs is an inch or an inch or two. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, he's going to score. If he becomes free, where where could you see him going? Because he's not the superstar that he once was. Correct. Let's 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 just get that straight. Right. And for whatever team's going to pick him up. For the good teams like the Warriors, if he does make it out, right? If he decides to go back to, you know, Washington, if he goes to, he's got to be a sixth man coming off of the bench. He has to be. I don't think there's no way in hell Camelo is going to come off the bench. The team I was thinking was Cleveland. Him and LeBron are the best of friends. The Cleveland already wants to play Kevin Love at the, the five. Melo was starting at the at the four. LeBron at the three, and they'll f- figure out who uh, who plays the point and uh, who plays the two. And you know, and 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 we've seen when you carry a team, it's because you bring the best out of guys. Even though he's going to be thirty four, thirty five years old, I still think LeBron could bring the best thirty four, thirty five year old version of Carmelo out. Because he could sell the uh, sell to him, dude. Mm. We're coming out the east. <laughs> I, I need you that, for four games. 
out of no for four wins out of seven games again in the month of June. <sighs> Sean, I think we're gonna have to disagree on this because yeah. I get the whole LeBron situation with him and, and Carmelo. Mm-hmm. I get that, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. That they're all friends and, and all that. But as far as what happened last year and what we saw with regards to them bringing in the superstars, Dwayne Wade, the Isaiah Thomases, Jay Crowders, what happened? It blew up in their face. and they I don't think up- it did, Will. I think the Cavaliers lacked uh, patience. And don't forget, Isaiah Thomas was hurt. So it's like you traded for a guy that, you know, he's 5'9 and he has an issue with with his hip. That's going to take uh, take some time. I get that, Sean, and right. I understand that. But, you know, I'm, I'm just saying it's just yeah, you learn from that situation. You do, and you try to get younger because right now in their prime, that Warriors team, that Warriors team has guys that are in their prime right now in Curry and Thompson and Iguodala. Iguodala is a little bit older. Right. Uh, Kevin Durant is definitely in his prime right now. This is going to be his 11th year in the league. Um, who else am I missing right now? Uh, Draymond, Green, Draymond Green. You know, Sean Livingston. They, they're not... They're not leaving. They're not leaving anytime soon. You got to get younger. And if you get well, that, if you get that team to go out there and play, right with with the young guys that they have, Sean, I, I you got to get younger. That's all I'm saying. But with younger comes more money, and I think whether you cut them or you stretch them, Melo is gonna get paid. So Cleveland doesn't need a boatload of money to to bring them on. Right, but there also comes a point in time too where. If Teron Liu has to go over to Melo and tell Melo, hey, look, listen, I need you coming off the bench because this is going to be a stretch of games where he's going to be the the isolation guy that we all know him as, mm-hmm. which in turn, he could bring a spark to that bench. And there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, right. You know, that's something that Phil Jackson tried to instill, I think, in Melo with regards to with with regards to him being in New York. You know, it worked. It worked with guys like Lamar Odom. It worked with guys like, uh, who else am I missing right now? There's another guy from the Bulls I think I'm missing right now. That that, that was a sixth man. Well, whatever the case is. Steve Kerr? Yeah. All right. We'll go with Steve Kerr. You know, they had quality role players like that. You need quality role players in order to win. You can't go out there and... Get all the all the superstar talent, you know, because it's you have guys going in and saying, "All right, you know, I, I need the ball to score, I need the ball to create." Just come off the bench. Well, what's wrong with that? It's easier said said than done. Will I yeah. mean we know like how he is, but you know, we shall see. Oh, we shall see indeed. We will see. We'll see. That is your name. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> another another show mentioned about we'll see, we'll see. Yes. But, you know, we talked about LeBron, we talked about Kawhi. We didn't talk about the Knicks yet and what they're trying to do with their free agency. Obviously, we talked about the Nets a little bit with regards to uh, Joe Harris and Ed Davis. Which I love. Going to the Nets. Ed Davis is a phenomenal rebounder. A versatile guy, right, correct. Yes. So, Sean, what, what, are the Knicks, what do the Knicks and the Nets need to accomplish in order to 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 do this off season. 
Well, I think, well, for the Knicks, it's all about 2019. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's about this year. So I think you're going to see the Knicks in terms of free agency do the bare um, minimum. Like I honestly do. So, and, um, you know, I think the Knicks are going to focus 2018 on the development of the younger guys right. that they have. Knox and Mitchell Robinson and Frank Nelakina, so on and so forth. So um, I think 2019 when you got Kyrie and then you got uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know I'm saying? the guys of that elk, um, Leonard, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think that's when you're going to see the Knicks with two max slots really go after it. I think with the Nets, well, I think it's uh, try and get better every season uh, season thing. Harris was one of like, the glue guys for them. Uh, he's coming back happy about that. Ed Davis has always had potential. But, well, one thing, you being an avid sports fan as you are, me being an avid sports fan as I am, when it comes to describing a player in sports, you never want to hear the word potential. You never do. And he went from Toronto to another team to Portland. And now, you know, saying like he was on the Lakers Nets. for a little he's bit. He's on the Lakers for a little bit. And I feel like Ed Davis has a ton of potential, but he's never been in the correct situation to capitalize on it. So, you know, I like those two things. I've been hearing a Jabari Parker rumor with the Nets. It seems like Philly has an inside track, which if he goes to Philly, that's Mike Dunn would love that. He really, really would. Jabari and Ben Simmons and Sarich and hmm. and Bede and right. you no, know. um, but I think with the Nets it's getting a little bit better. But I think with with the Nets, well, it's also about twenty nineteen because, well, at the conclusion of the 2018-2019 season, the Nets will have one guy under uh, contract, Allen Crabb, one person. They would have two max slots plus more to bring in guys. So. I think for both teams, it's trying to steadily steadily go up the scale for this season, but it's all about this time next year and all the money both teams are going to have. And well, it won't surprise me if both teams end, end up taking players from each other because, well, both could show off the same thing. Right. The New York brand, the big city, the bright lights. You know, so we shall see. But, you know, that's my outlook for them this season and then next my outlook for them is this. Don't expect them to make the playoffs. Either. Either. Don't expect them to make the playoffs either. But we've seen crazier things happening. Um, obviously, Chris Tapps Porzingis, he got hurt for the Knicks. He tore his ACL. He's probably not going to be back probably till next season. A lot of season ticket holders are probably canceling their season tickets right now as we speak. Um, yep. You know, Nilakita, again, we, we mentioned on the show, talented defensively, has stuff that you can't even describe or teach with regards to his wingspan and his athleticism. But I think personally he's got to develop a little bit more of a jump shot, which which I've seen videos of him doing Mm -hmm. out there on social media. And also, too, um, you know, Kevin Knox is another guy that's a a young kid that's coming in. He's putting a lot of pressure on himself to win Rookie of the Year this year. Jason Tatum-esque. It's his game. A little smooth kind of guy, you know what I'm saying? Jason Tatum-esque. So, if he becomes Jason, the Knicks version of Jason Tatum, that's not bad. That's a good start. That is a very good start. <laughs> and good start. also, too, just to get to the Nets, mm-hmm. you have guys that are castaways that are just literally second-round 
second tier, you know, they got let go from from their respective teams, mm-hmm. traded. Uh, Jaleel Okafor, uh, D'Angelo Russell. I'm trying to think of another name. There was another guy, Joe Harris. Joe Harris, another guy, Demari Carroll. Demari Carroll. Yeah. You know, there's there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, potential there, especially with Alan Crabb and uh, the other kid from Michigan. Who was that kid from? Carrisleyvert. Carrisleyvert, yes, Carrisleyvert. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so Kenny Atkinson has a lot on his plate. Do I see them making the playoffs? If they gel together and they have the right amount of chemistry together, then yes, I do. I think Kenny Atkinson is a good head coach. It's just the t- the situation that he got into with the Nets is has been really uh, really handcuffed in the say the very least after what happened five six years ago when they traded for KG and Paul Pierce and Jason Terry and giving up all those first round draft picks because if right. you were to really think about it, half those guys that are playing for Boston would be on the Nets. Well, I saw a stat. I mean, it wouldn't have happened because if they would have gotten those guys, they wouldn't be in the position that they were. So let's just let me preface that by you know, preface my statement by saying that. Right. But there's a graphic I saw and with the Nets picks, because aside from Boston getting the Nets pick two years, the other two year, the other two of the first round picks they were able to swap. So technically, those were the Nets picks too. Damian Lillard, right? Draymond Green, mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Tatum. Wow, wow, indeed. You could <laughs> you could really build a team around that for sure. That's four out of a five starting five right there. And Kenny Atkinson, actually one through four. Kenny Atkinson would be would be head coach of the year if well, he had that, that team. That is your one through four. <laughs> it's, it's you're just missing a big. <laughs> it, it's crazy. It, 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 it's absolutely crazy. You know. To say the very least, and you know, you talk about all the money and everything like that. Talk about another couple guys, and then we'll we'll switch it up. Guys like Marco Bellinelli and how the Sixers were made good. Yeah, everybody gives credit to Embiid and Simmons. Markel Fultz, he didn't play a lot this year. He only got back to the playoffs. Um, but those shooters, those shooters. Guys like J.J. Redick and Marco Bellinelli, you know, my goodness, you know, guys like that, you need guys to to shoot the ball because when you have those guys that demand the ball and demand the presence defensively, as opposing defenses do, you collapse into them and then you have your shooters wide open. Right. J.J. Redick and Marco Bellinelli were those two guys. And for right. Marco Bellinelli to go back to San Antonio, I think that's a good move for him. Mm-hmm. You know, And J.J. Redick's still a free agent, too. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, you just need to have shooters, and their shooters are going to make their money no matter what. Um, Just to it, – it, it's inevitable, Sean. We're going to go switch it up right now. <laughs> and we're going to switch it to the NHL free agency period. Yes. July 1st, 12.30 p.m., we got a lot of names uh, getting signed. Obviously, Yara Halak got signed by Boston. Mm-hmm. Our, a, good, a, good, uh, a good friend of mine, Alan Quine, got signed by Calgary today. Nice. So, Alan Quine, if you're listening in, congratulations on your new deal with Calgary. All the best of luck over there and with the Flames. And, uh, you know, 
just uh, in, in general, you have a lot of Chicago's making a lot of moves right now right. with regards to uh, their their picks. They're them picking up. They just signed Cam Ward. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's wow. crazy. Cam Ward's going to Chicago. That's a big move. Yeah. Uh, Ryan McDonough resigned with Tampa Bay. Uh, Thomas Plechnikek, uh he signed with Montreal. He was with Toronto. Jonathan Bernier, the Avalanche goalie, wound up going to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Peter Marasnik, he got traded from Detroit to Philadelphia to fill in a goaltender need. He went to Carolina, mm-hmm. so that flip-flops almost in a sense. Tyler Bozak uh, goes to St. Louis. Uh, who else? Who else is out there? James Van Riemsdyk. We were talking about him earlier on outside. Uh, he went from Toronto, Toronto to Philly. Jack Johnson went to Pittsburgh. And Ian Cole went to the Colorado Avalanche from the Columbus Blue Jackets. And Carter Hutton goes from the St. Louis Blues over to the Buffalo Sabres. And you have Oliver ekman Larson, the all-world talented defenseman from Phoenix. He stays with Arizona, but the main one here, and it, it disappoints me as an Islanders fan to say this, because it, it it's it's insane to absolutely say the very least that John Tavares is going back to the Toronto. He's going to the Toronto Maple Leafs, leaving the island, staying with the Islanders for nine years. He's seen a lot. Of, he's seen a lot of bad, and he's also seen. Some good moments, mm-hmm. but the potential for this team was there. Now this year alone, they had they had brought up Matt Barzell. He won Calder. Anthony Beauvillier, He grew into his own after getting called up. Again, he stayed with the team. Went down, came back up, and he phenomenal player. They brought in his best friend last year from from the Canadian team, Jordan Eberle. Jordan Eberle was a twenty goal scorer with the Islanders. Uh, you know, who else? You have Anders Lee. Anders Lee was a 40-goal scorer. Being there, being the power forward that he is with regards to him getting the goals and everything like that. Josh Bailey, another guy, the longest-tenured Islander outside of John Tavares. He was, he's was he been on the team now for about 10 years. We don't know what's going to happen with with regards to who else they're going to sign. Yeah, they're moving from Nassau Coliseum back to the Barclays and doing up all that and all the traveling. But you do know that they're going to be playing at Nassau Coliseum for the next three years for 60 games, 20 games a year. You know, it's just it's mind-blowing. The the whole thing going on now, too, they get rid of Garth Snow. They bring in Lou Lamarillo. Out goes Doug Waite, who was the Islanders' captain at one point in time. He, he was the head coach. He winds up, he winds up getting relieved of his duties, and they bring in the Stanley Cup winning coach from Washington, in Barry Trotz. And uh, Sean, I, I'm I'm speechless over this because of the fact not speechless but sort of shocked because of the fact that the uh, John Tavares would go out and leave with all the the potential that this would have. But then I I was reading a report earlier today that one of the, a couple reasons why he left was because of the fact that number one the traveling back and forth from going to Barclays to Nassau Coliseum and doing that yeah it is what it is I get that aspect they don't have goaltending 
again, Thomas Grice is going to be your goaltender probably unless they, they go out and get a Craig Anderson or something like that. Uh, you know, and then you have Christopher Gibson. He resigned. They just resigned Thomas Hickey today for a four-year deal at $10 million. So that comes out to be about $2.5 million a year for the Islanders per year for having Thomas Hickey. He was one of the better plus-minus uh, players on that team. And, you know, Sean, I got to ask you, you know, why? And I know you're an Islanders fan, but why John Tavares <laughs> should go to Toronto? Well, well, you know, me and you were talking about this, um, you know, uh, uh, yesterday and uh, before the show. And, um, well, you know, I texted Will guys and I told him, I was like, you know what, I have a strong feeling he's going home. I feel like Boston, Tampa, and San Jose, whoever, whoever, I feel like they, of course, they're going to pitch him, you know, the works. Right. But, you know, I feel like, well, you know, as the saying goes, there's no place like home. And, you know, looking on his Twitter and his Instagram, seeing him as a kid in Toronto Maple Leafs gear and Toronto Maple Leafs sheets and, right. and stuff like that. It's like, you know, I was saying to Will, I feel like Tavares made his decision yesterday. He slept on it. And when he woke up this morning, he's like, yep, that's what I want to do. And, well, to me, if he would have went to San Jose, Tampa, Boston, I would have been more pissed than I am now, but I don't even think I'm pissed. I'm kind of I'm I'm really sad because you know he was the face of the franchise for so long. But well, I can't blame a man. I can't blame anyone that wanted and wants to go home. And I feel like he told himself, if I'm leaving a place I've known for eight, nine, ten years, it has to be a place that I've known for all twenty-seven, all twenty-eight years of his life. So. Well, it, it doesn't make swallowing his loss easier to deal with, but it makes it more understandable. Hey, look, I will say this. Give John give Toronto a lot of credit here for what they did. Okay? They went out, they pitched a, they pitched John Tavares their contract offer, and they wound up Ironically enough, having the same plane ride home together, ironically enough, right? Mm -hmm. They go out and they hire his mentor. They hire his mentor, and I think that's what sealed it, more more importantly than having the whole staying home angle. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that ultimately uh, had to happen. If you're looking at it from a potential standpoint, the Islanders right now, they have about almost... Thirty million dollars in cap space, right? You know, so if they sign him to the eleven and eleven and a quarter million dollar deal that they would have had, obviously it went down, and they had to sign some more free agents. Yeah, I get that, but for them to have the cap room now in place, it's interesting to see what they're going to do. Now, the talent and the potential that the Islanders have with regards to their farm system and how they drafted with Oliver Wallstrom and the defenseman that they drafted the pick pro- the pick after. And uh, and they you have uh, both Wild and uh, Blake Jenkins over there. Great names, by the way. But you know, it, it's just something that uh, Sean. I in three years you're gonna have a new arena. You're gonna have a lot of cap space, regardless. You know, it, it's just something that I don't know, Sean. You know, like you you pass up an opportunity. Like there there are there are opportunities to go home, and I get that and I understand that and. 
as much of a great player and a class act he was, you, you know, you can't really blame the guy for leaving, like you said. But, you know, you say, and this is how I hate to bring basketball up again, but when Dwight Howard was with the Lakers and he said that he loved it in Los Angeles and all that, mm-hmm. and then to see him melt down in game four when they were about to get swept by San Antonio back yep. in 2013, you know, you could see the writing on the wall there. You could see it when when the way how the team was playing at the end of the year with the Islanders now, the writing was sort of on the wall with regards to, you know, his facial reactions, his his body language. You know, you could see that now. And we could, we could all play 2020 in hindsight, but, you, you know, think about it. With him going home now, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that are happening right now. He's going to get a lot more endorsements. He's going to have a lot more media coverage on him. He's not going to be the face of the franchise. You know, I I see that and I understand that. But, dude, it, it's just – as an Islanders fan today, it, it's heartbreaking to say the very least because this guy represented this franchise, and he did it with such a class act. And when you see the videos of him looking at the plaques at Nassau Coliseum with regards to Mike Bossy, Billy Smith, Clark Gillies – uh, you know, uh, Dennis Potvin, the name goes on and he's, he's looking at these, at these plaques and he's, you know, you get the hype video and you saying to yourself, okay, this guy's going to be here for a while, but really not, you know, really that's not the case. And it didn't happen. At least let the Islanders know prior to say, all right, we're out of the running and that's it. You know, instead of the way how it was handled now, you have... You have this. Uh, you have this happening now. You have another super team happening, and I'm reading the comments going in on on Instagram and on social media that this guy pulled a Kevin Durant. He didn't really pull a Kevin Durant because Toronto never won anything. Number one, right. they have the young talent that's in place, and uh, you know it, it's just it's he's going home. Can you blame the guy? And I know a lot of Islanders fans out there are looking at him as public enemy number one, but I know this for a fact. When he comes back to the Barclays Center or to the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Sean, they're going to give him his 15, his two-minute video, thank you, John, for playing here. They're going to all cheer him, and then after that, they're going to boo the hell out of him. <laughs> they are going to boo the hell out of him. Right. You know, that's just ultimately the way how it is. Well, you know... I think going home, no, there's going to be a lot of pressure because I can't name you the last Canadian team that won. The 1993 Cup. Montreal Canadiens. That's how long it's been. It's 1993 been, Montreal Canadiens. It's been 25 years. So, you know, I think I do agree that it wasn't about the money and it wasn't about, you know, other things. But I feel like, you know, yes, he wanted to go and play home. But in one of his posts, he said it was a childhood dream. And, you know, can you rip the guy for that? No, right. I can't. Right, and 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 if he has pictures to prove it, which he does, dressed in Maple Leafs gear, it's like, yo, I'm gonna have to, you know, have, have him do like, you know, what I'm saying, like, 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 like what he wants to do. But well, in terms of the Islanders' perspective, I think Barzal becomes the face of the franchise. He is right, um, right away. He is, and you know, he's so young; it's only gonna be. 
his second year, but you know, I think he's I think he's up for it. I think he's up for it. I think he's going to do well, but you know, time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. Ultimately, at the end of the day, and you know, and reading a lot of comments from you know a lot of people through social media, through group chats, and they're blaming the guy's fiance. I mean, come on, really. That's that's kid that's kid thinking right there to blame other people like that. If the guy wants to go out there and legitimately play for his childhood team, let him. You know, what are the chances of that ultimately happening? Slim and none, Very, very slim. And he's from the Toronto area. You know what? I get it. I understand it. I'm upset as an Islanders fan because he didn't resign. But, hey, you know what? Maybe if it was seven years ago, I'd probably be doing the same thing. But now, looking at it from a different perspective, do you guys have nothing better to do? Right. Like to to rip a guy and his family, bro. That that that's mind boggling to me, to say the very least. That you're gonna go out there and blame his fiance or whatever, right. and to post her and and that, it, it it's it's crazy to say that. I I I I personally can't can't understand it, can't fathom it. If if you're if you're in John Tavares's shoes, okay, and you go out there and you play. Yeah, you're gonna say the right things by the organization. I get that, and I understand that. That's you're getting paid to do that. If you say something wrong or if you screw up, you, do you want the media to be coming at you? No. But ultimately, at the end of the day, dude, I, I don't, I, I can't necessarily blame him for going back to Toronto. But the way I was handled, it could have been handled a little bit better. That's just. Me. I mean, you you would have hoped that you would have got some type of draft compensation for him. He's unrestricted. Right, so it's like I'm no, I mean like during like and that's another the thing regular season and that's like, another thing too. They told him they're like, "Yo, do you want to stay with us?" And he was like, "Yeah, you know, he, he's gonna stay." You know, thinking that all right, at least we had a chance. Well, they had the chance, and the chance is gone. Right, you know, so it's it's just unbelievable what's going on over there. There's just a lot of there's a lot of things that the Islanders need to address. Obviously, defensive goalie. Uh, is one of them, but dude, I just personally think that they gotta. Lou Lamarillo has got to start thinking about stuff right now, so we'll see what happens there. I'm sure Barry Trotz, when he took took the job, was like, "Hey, I have Tavares and Barzal and 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 Bailey and Clutterbuck and, and, and Lee and, and Lee and but you know, Beauvillier. right? But now you know with Tavares going, you know, everybody has to step up their their game just one more notch, like your game with with. With him can't be your game without him. Right. So, so it's like, you know, but like you said, we shall see. Yep, we shall see. Uh, we're going to take a little time out here at On The Board Sports. But just to get, we're going to go and talk about a little ad again. And the ad that I want to talk about again is Notorious Pink. One of the better wines that you'll ever have. I know I've had it, and it's it's truly one of the better wines. Um, Sean, I don't know how there's a... A rapper not named Notorious Pink yet in in the world of hip hop. We gotta we gotta find this person and we gotta say, yo, here you go. Here's Bob Notorious Pink. <laughs> we want to name you Notorious Pink, but you know it's made from the finest grapes and the Grenache and all that. It's it's gonna be uh, it's a good wine to have. So you know. On the board, sports promotes it, and it's it's awesome with a capital A. If you if you haven't had it yet, go out there to your local liquor distributor and get it now while you still can. On the board, sports will be back.
And welcome back to On The Board Sports. I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T. Joined by my wonderful host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C. Our number one, a lot of free agency talk, Will. Yes. NBA, NHL. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, cash paper being uh, spread. Well, <laughs> a lot of a lot of numbers being thrown around. Just want to get back to the notorious pink thing for a second. Enjoy the good life with notorious pink, a rosé made from the finest one hundred percent Grenache from the south of France, with an aromatic nose and taste that is simply delicious. Go out and buy notorious pink wherever wines and liquors are sold. We got a well. I think we have to just name someone. Notorious Pink. Like, I think we just walk up with someone like, hey, I think your name is Pink. You know, just, yeah. Just, or you could just go up to Pink and just say, hey, <laughs> Pink, you want to be called Notorious Pink? I think that would be, yeah, be a great a right. great thing. But, right. uh, but yeah, coming up soon, we're going to have a very special guest. His name Joe it, Solano. Joe Solano. Joseph Solano from the Bronx. He's, you, you, know. you guys probably know him as simply the guy that's simply uh, – Self-records himself whenever an important moment goes on in Yankees baseball. He's a season ticket holder with the Yankees and with the team for a while. Um, he's he's one of the most passionate fans you'll meet, obviously, with the Islanders, Pat Dowd, and Blue and Orange Army, and the Alice Fanatics Army. He's one thing, Fireman Ed with the Jets. If, David Lazar with the Islanders. David Lazar with the Islanders, too. Spike Lee and, you know, with the Knicks and all that. But if you had to put him in a class of his own he's he is that guy right. so joe solano is coming up with us soon in a little bit to talk about the yankees and what's going on because last year at around this time uh he basically got blown up pretty big mm-hmm. out there on social media and what i mean by that is he had one of the more uh famous reactions and i'm gonna play for you now That was absolutely one of the best videos. And I remember watching that game. And I remember recording that. I remember recording it on my phone. It was a big game, Red Sox-Yankees around last year. And you had this young 20-year-old kid, Rafael Devers, right, coming in, playing third base for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Chapman well. coming in, throwing heat 100 miles an hour. Obviously, he was pumped up to get the first two batters. And then what happens? Devers hits a home run. I remember. And then, you know, the Red Sox wound up winning the game. Andrew Benintendi, I think, drove in. I think uh, the game winner on that one, but still, Andrew Benintendi endeavors had been Yankee killers, to say the very least. It was least. a 102.8 mile power pitch, and he turned it right around and uh, headed out. So Sending it over to Death Valley right. at Yankee Stadium into the Boston Red Sox bullpen. So, and speaking of Rafael Devers, what a game for him last night, huh? Five for five. 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 Mike Trout esque. Right. Five, five for five, five with right. a grand slam in the first inning off of Sonny Gray. Right, which. Well, it's a, it's 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 what are you gonna say about Sonny Gray? It's like you know, just when you think he's turned the corner, it's he falls flat on his face, and you know it's like you know again, you know you got Severino, Tanaka when he comes back, CC, 
But it's like, you know, in a seven-game set, who's that fourth guy? I don't think you could trust Sonny Gray. I don't think you you could trust any of the rookie pitchers. And, you know. Now, regardless of Gray would have had a quality start last last night, a bad start, Chris Sale was awesome. Chris Sale was dealing Chris with Chris Sale, Chris, right. you know, there was a funny stat on the uh, Fox telecast, and they brought it up. Through 16 games that he's pitched against the Yankees, both against, I, I believe it was at Yankee Stadium, if I'm not mistaken, he had like some crazy phenomenal win-loss record, but the one thing that stood out for me was his earned run average. He had a 1.73 earned run average, which striking out in double digits, some some something crazy like that in the 16 games that he's pitched against the Yankees. In in his career, we're talking about stats. He has a lower ERA on the road than he does at home, so he pitches worse at home, which is very odd. <laughs> Extremely odd. But there's hey. something. There's something about that home cooking, though. That's for sure. Right. Right. So, we'll say we'll say something about that. But man, you know, you talk about Sonny Gray here for a second, mm-hmm. Sean. I I don't think when he mowed through those first two batters yesterday, I'm saying to myself, "Wow, this guy's looking good. He's got the stuff going." He went through the first. He went through Benintendi and bets like mm-hmm. like nothing. Then he gets up to J.D. Martinez and allows the walk. And then after that, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Because I was at a bar. <laughs> I was at a bar watching it. I'm like, no, no, don't don't tell me this again. And then they had Devers. They showed Devers' line with uh, with his batting average and all that. I'm like, oh, okay, he might, he might, uh, might strike out. Well, foreshadowing happens. And then he hits the grand slam over, right. over to left field over Brett Gardner's head. Right. So right then and there alone – has that Devers strikes again? Right. So it's it, it's crazy. It's crazy how these young Red Sox have come in and they're making a name for themselves. Well, we knew either team wasn't going to sweep. Uh, Yankees brought out the bats Friday night. No, very very well. CC pitched seven strong. He pitched excellent. Really really well. Yesterday it was time for you know the Red Sox ace to go and again if well if if Sonny Gray would have gave up one run or. Or two runs. Chris Sale was not losing yesterday. Right. So, you know, so tonight, rubber game, Severino, Yankees ace, David Price, not the Red Sox ace. But well, he's had he a great year. like he is. He got a good year so far this year. Yeah, you know, getting hurt is never a good thing, but no. sometimes it allows you to reset yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think David Price had, like, a career reset. Like, okay, this isn't Tampa. He got traded to Detroit. Detroit. This isn't Detroit. And this went, is Boston. And then he went to Toronto. Right. This is Boston. Like this is like the expectation is world is serious, man. So mm-hmm. I think he had a chance to reset himself, and you know he's been pitching really, really well. So we'll see who comes out um, uh, tonight. Will, but you know, uh, well, like we like we discussed uh, last week, it's gonna be neck and neck. The whole year. They played 13 more times. Yeah. <laughs> For the rest of the regular season. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, neck and neck. And, uh, you know, um, whoever wins wins this game, well, it's a really, really big game from a standpoint of if tiebreakers get involved head-to-head is one of the ones that's going to, you know, be a determining factor. So right. every game against your division Opponent counts. Right. And especially since they're playing a three game set at New York. Obviously this is the the rubber game of the of the set. 
They got to play each other again from August 2nd to the 5th up in Boston, go back to New York on September 18th to the 20th, and then the last weekend, which is going to be the fun weekend up at, at Fenway Park, the 28th to the 30th. So it, it, it's going uh, it, to be a phenomenal down the stretch. And, you know, Dave Canobio, he brought up a very good point last week. He really did. The Yankees, with, with the way how they were playing, absolutely on fire. But the Red Sox have been just as just as good. And those, that team from 98 that wound up winning a ton of games were the Red Sox. They weren't there. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees were. So, in general, dude, it, it's just it, it's crazy to say the very least, you know, um, to say that uh, – that uh, that uh, they uh, they've been playing good. You know that both teams have been playing good. Boston, the the the, the interesting thing is is that you look at Boston and you know it took them forever to sign JD Mar uh, JD Martinez. They signed him really really late, and so now he's having a career year. He's probably going to be an All Star starter. And I look at it from a standpoint of either team's biggest bats. Well, I shouldn't say that. Mookie Betts started off the year hot. He's still hot. But you look at the other big bats for either team, well, they really haven't gotten that hot yet. Boston has been Betts, and it's been, um, you know. Ben Tandy. Right. But they've been waiting on, you know, guys like Devers, Xander, uh, Bogarts, so on and so forth. Yankee Stanton, you know. Again, we know what's happening. He's hot and cold. But well, um, I was listening to a stat the other day, and Mike Sennon has struck out. I'm sorry, John Carlos Sennon has struck out 107 times. Aaron Judge is 105 times. That's not good. That's 212 right there. That's 212 strikeouts between the And it's team. not even August. <laughs> but you know, you want to know the crazy part? As much as John Carlos has been striking out, saw another stat for the week. He's been batting like over three fifty right. for the past week, and he's been he's been one of the reasons why the Yankees have been winning games. Exactly. So you know, it, it's one of those things that where where both teams' lineups are clicking the way that you know we all expected it to click. It's going to come down to the starting pitching staff for the Sox, starting pitch staff for the Yankees, and then we just go um, from this. But it's going to be a very interesting summer with those two. Right. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out again for a second. Just we're, we're having a little uh, technical difficulty with the, uh, with the Skype. We'll be right back. Three and two and one on the board sports. We are back ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for the technical difficulty that that was on our end. Um, coming up now we have Joe Solano and Joe, how are you, bud? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Excellent, man. Excellent. Glad to have you on the show. Joe, thank, how... you, thank you for having me. Anytime, awesome, anytime. Awesome. How long have you been a Yankee fan for? Uh, since I can remember, but I guess my first memory is probably 94. I went to a game. Um, I, my father, that's the first time me going to the stadium. I don't remember the specific game. But I think I, I'll just go from there. So that's the first time that I've been inside of the stadium. Right. In 94 when my dad took me. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time. Yeah, that that's awesome that that your memory goes back that far. 
Um, yeah. I know, dude, I know you've been a Yankee fan. How long have you been a season ticket holder with the team now? How long what? How long have you been a season ticket holder with the team? How long have I, you said, have I been doing taking videos? No, the, the, the well, no, <laughs> season ticket holder. How long have you been a season ticket oh, holder? Oh, season for? ticket holder? Yes. I've had, uh, this is my third season now. Okay. You know, I finally was able to. You know, I got, I got a good friend, and we were able to split the tickets. And then, you know, because I, I wasn't able to even afford anything like that before. Uh, but then, you know, we were able to split it, so I was able to work out into the budget, as they say, right? Right. That's, no, that, that's awesome, dude, that you became a season ticket holder and everything like that. And how you basically, your video launched you from, basically from, you're, you're an Instagram celebrity now. You know what I'm saying? And you're on Sports Center and all that, and everybody's coming around you. I mean, think about it. You're, you're with the likes of of Yankee fans now, of Bald Vinny from the from the uh, Bleacher Creatures. Obviously, the late great, uh, the guy with the uh, the frying pan. He would always knock it, knock the uh, knock the frying pan on. And, and, and you, Joe, you know, you you're, you're the face of the you're the face. You know, you're the now you're the face for the Yankees now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I'd, if I'd say I'm, like, the face of the Yankees. I think I'm just a, you know, a normal fan like everybody else. You know, it's just, uh, <laughs> I just, I just happen to, like, catch these things on video and I got a vlog and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, there's other people, like, on Twitter that also do it, too. Like, I have a, uh, I have a friend of mine. His name is uh, John Boy. He's also on Twitter. He's pretty big, too. And, you know, so it's, 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 it's pretty good. It's just, we're trying to get the Yankee community to come more together right social media wise because right. i feel like in past years other organizations have had even bigger following you know like you probably see the mess like they have their seven line army like yes. it's crazy yes you get know I me mean? uh, the dodgers have their thing and then you know the yankees haven't really had that connection with the fan base on online at least where you know bronx pinstripes they do their thing too but the fact that if we could you know kind of combine everybody because Twitter and Instagram makes the world a smaller place. Mm-hmm. You start to really realize how big the Yankee fan base really is. Yes. So, um, it's, it's enormous. It, <laughs> it's I enormous. mean, you have a, you have a couple of groups out there like the four line faithful, obviously Bronx pinstripes, they yes. go out and they yes. have their yes. outings and everything like that. But it's just, it's just different brands. It's like the Isles fanatics army with being an yes. Islander fan, the Isles fanatics army, the blue and orange army. You know, when you get the, when you get everybody together and, as one, I think it'll be uh, a phenomenal thing. But, uh, dude, I got to ask you one one question, and my partner want, wants to ask you a couple questions. Um, okay, that's cool. How did you get into the the whole self-recording yourself? Because I find that interesting enough, to say the very least. You know? Well, um, well okay, it started, it started last year, right? right? And I wanted to do something, you know, because I, I love the Yankees. I really do love the Yankees. Yes. And, um... Last year, I wanted to do something, you know, my friend was always telling me, oh, I should do like a blog, like a Yankee blog, where I'm just writing about, you know, what happened, my feelings and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. He says I'm a pretty good writer. And I just, I just thought about it and I said, I don't know. Um, And I just decided, you know, what's something that hasn't happened or, or something that people don't really do. And that's like, um, and something that's big on on YouTube and stuff like that is like reaction videos. Like people, they like to see, like if you watch The Walking Dead, right? So then 
after you watch The Walking Dead, a whole bunch of people go on YouTube and watch these reaction videos of people that watch The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones or like I'm just giving you those examples of those shows. Right. People would go online and then they would see reaction videos. And then I noticed that for me, like after Yankee games, I'm I'm just thinking I want to go somewhere. I want to, you know, other than the Yankee Post game, some sort of outlet where there's like fans talking or something like that or reacting to the game. And I couldn't find anything, really. Right. Uh, it probably was out there. Maybe I wasn't looking harder enough. I don't know. So I just thought, all right, let me do it. You know, so I just started, I started doing that. I started, you know, recording post-game reactions. And then uh, whenever I would, I would go to the game, I would make a, that evolved into a vlog. And I would, you know, make it into like a, more of an experience of when, you know, there's a lot of people that don't get a chance to go to games, period. One, right. because either where they live and they're Yankee fans, mm-hmm. or two, because they just can't make it to the games or they just want to have the feeling of being in the game or somebody feeling the same emotions that they feel because we're all sports fans. So chances are if you're a sports fan of a, of a, of a specific team, something happens um, or whatever, you're, you're probably all going to react the same. So um, I just started doing that. And uh, it's been received pretty pretty well. Joe, um, I'm going to ask you a very hard question. So I know you've been a fan mm-hmm. since you said uh, 1994. I know it's going to be hard, probably hard for you to answer this, but who's your all-time favorite Yankee and why? Um, my all-time, look, to, to me there's a top five, but if you want to say all-time favorite Yankee, to me it's going to be, it is going to be Mariano Rivera, and the reason and the reason I'm able to answer that so quickly and so easily is just because there's nobody that would have, you know, I mean, Jeter was awesome, and Posada's great, and, you know, Andy Pettit's great, and I used to love Robinson Cano, too, and A-Rod, but there's nobody that would have that intimidation where once those doors open up and you hear... Enter Sandman, and you hear the first, <laughs> those first beats of right. Enter Sandman where it just run, like chills go down your spine, right. and the other teams are like, the other teams are already like, oh, it's game over. And Mariano <laughs> will, and you know what? I love Chapman. I do, and some people think I don't or whatever, but I, I love Chapman. I really do appreciate him having a phenomenal season this year. Right. Um, but there's nothing like Mariano comes in, you know, two broken bats and a ground ball to second. It, game over, good night, the lights, it's over. You know what I mean? It's just exactly. Mariano Rivera. Exactly. It's just what it is. It's just an intimidation force with him that and he doesn't look like an imposing guy. You know what I mean? But people know exactly what what he's going to throw. He's going to throw a cutter. You know it's coming and you still can't <laughs> hit it. And I think that that is amazing. I think that and for you to do it for, in a game that's full of adjustments, you know? Right. You got to probably adjust more than, uh, you know, I'm not going to say adjust more than any other sport, but you got to literally adjust so much because you literally fail seven times out of 10 and you're still considered successful. Right. I don't think you could do that in any other sport, but the fact that he's able to co- go out there with that one pitch and just dominate these guys that are the best in the world is amazing. You know, um, John and uh, Joe, you make, you know, you know, you know, you make, um, a very good point. I'm sure he's a lot of people, uh, favorite. So, you know, definitely there. I want to get to the Yankees of now. You know, they took a tough loss uh, yesterday, but, but you know, yeah. in your own words, how have you felt they've played so far this year? And do you and what do you think they need to add? Because they're off to a great start, but 
Boston mm-hmm. is also playing really, really well. And you know, Joe, yes. Joe, the last thing, the the last thing, the Yankees want is to end up in a wild card game again. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I mean, so how do you felt they've played so far this year, and what do you think they need to add to kind of get them like over the top? All right, and uh, and you know what? That's a good question. You know what? The Yankees right now, fifty three twenty seven. They're great. They're having a phenomenal season. Red Sox are right there. Astros are right there, too. Then you have the Mariners, right? I think that if you look at the postseason matchup in the AL, it's basically almost already set, right? You just It's just how are these chips going to lay uh, come October? But I'm really impressed with this team. The fact that Gary Sanchez hasn't gotten it going and he's hurt right now, the fact that Greg Bird still hasn't gotten it going. The fact that Giancarlo is just starting to get it going, you know, inconsistencies in our pitching staff, Tanaka's out, you know, it's all of those things. And the fact that we're 53 and 27 to me is amazing. Severino has been out of this world, right? And he's going tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, speaking of Severino, Severino's not going to be able to do it alone. And you see that yesterday in Sonny Gray, and nobody wants to go out there and fail, right? But right. he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't done his job. You know what I mean? So we're gonna need another starting pitcher. That's just, that's just what it is. Um, the bullpen is nails. Uh, I think the Yankees have the best bullpen in baseball, okay. hands down. Um, their ERA minus three was is 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 great. I mean, it's a, even so, even Shreve has struggled, you know. And yeah. like Jonathan Holder, you look at Jonathan Holder. Yesterday was the first run that he had given up since he got called up again, I believe, in April. So it's – to me, the, the Bulldogs are on a phenomenal, like, run right now. Under two ERA. They, yeah, exactly. So – and we, I still don't believe that the full team hasn't hit their stride yet, where everybody's hitting, you know, and that's exciting to me. Still need that pitcher, but the fact that they still have that offense there. Glaber Torres has been phenomenal. Miguel Andujar has been great, and you know, so on and so forth. It just—it doesn't matter. It just feels like a cog that doesn't keep like spinning. You know, it, even if this person gets hurt, or this person gets out, this person's not performing. They just keep rolling along. And um, but Cashman, I think he—I think that he knows. He knows. He, we do need starting pitching uh, in that do you like- uh, rotation. Yes, yes, they definitely need, as a Yankee fan saying that, yes, you are 100% right, Joey. Now, my question for you is, how do you feel about Aaron Boone being the manager and what he's what he's accomplished so far this year? Um, I think it's good. I mean, it's, um, I think this, this team is, look, with this kind of team, and this is probably goes back to Joe Torre also, right? You just need a guy that can be able to manage the guys because, you know, manage the guys in the sense of, being able to make sure that they're good and comfortable and, and, and all of those things. They're not feeling extra pressure, added pressure. Right. Um, like kind of like how Joe Torre used to do, right? Like mm-hmm. he would, he would assert himself when he needs to, but uh, Joe Torre was more laid back, right? Like uh, players used to love him because they used to feel like they could talk to him and they felt like he didn't put added pressure on them. He right? was a player's and, manager. Um, right. Right. So th- I'm not saying that Joe Girardi wasn't right. Uh, he did protect his players a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Aaron Boone, it just seems like he's just more chill, more laid back, and just going to allow these guys, even if, 
you know, nothing's too big. Whether, you know, we got swept by Tampa Bay, it's like, yeah, well, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, we're going to we're gonna be here just going to play another a couple of games. It's just a couple of games in June. And the fact that he's able to take that kind of perspective, I think the team the team looks at that as like, okay, let's play at ease. Nothing's, you know, it's not like we have all of these leaks in, in this boat and it's like a sinking boat. You know what I mean? It's, it doesn't feel like that. Um, Yankees got, I think, earlier in the year, in April, they, they lost a really bad series. I think uh, the the one that they had to fight in, yeah, they lost Boston that series. Game. One of the games, Severino got bombed. And, right. You know, he was real cool, real mm-hmm. cool, calm, collected. And it's, that it's good. What you, you want that kind of manager. Right. But I think you'll see it more in the postseason. He's had his growing pains. He has. Mm-hmm. You know, some decisions where you just think, like, why are you putting Chase and Shreve in here? You know, you know he's going to fail. <laughs> or why are you doing this? It, it, it's going to happen with any manager, no matter what. Right. But um, I think for the most part, he's been pretty good for the team. You know, Joe, um, you know, you did mention Gary as, um, uh, as Sanchez's name. And, you know, he wasn't hitting before he got hurt, and now he is yep. hurt. What do you think yep. they should do there? Do you think they should, you know, continue with, you know, Romine until – he gets back or do you think they should maybe go out and make a trade you know because at the end of the day they're going to need Sanchez to hit if they do want to be successful so do you think they should keep what they have now or would you like to see Cashman go out and you know make a deal well I I mean he could make a deal it could be a smaller deal you know where you could get like a, a another backup catcher if you don't really have too much confidence in um Romine? In in Higgy. Well, not Romine. Romine has confidence in he could handle the staff for a while. You know, for a month he's done it before. He did it last year, actually. Right. Gary Sanchez missed a month last year. Right, and right. he came, you know, in April, and he was able to still hold the fort down. So I have confidence in him doing it. Um, I, I don't think that the Yankees need to go out there and acquire some kind of big catcher. Um, Gary Sanchez, to me, is still the future. That's hands down. He's still the catcher, the, the catcher of the New York Yankees. I'm not... There's not losing confidence in that guy just because he struggled a couple of months or whatever. I've seen, I've seen him do too much already, you know, uh, especially with the bat to just give up on that bat. Now, Joe, I got to ask you this. I know you were yeah. at the game yesterday. I know you're going to the game tonight. Sonny Gray yeah. yesterday, I know he, he's inconsistent. I get that. But when he's on, the first two batters, you, you can attest for this for me, he looked phenomenal. And then all of a sudden, yeah. he he goes out and he walks a guy, base hit, walks a guy, and Devers comes up and he hits a grand slam, the young Yankee killer along with Ben Tendi. Now, my question for you is, you know, do you see Sonny Gray being being a star? Do you see him going down in the minor leagues? Do you see do you see any anything like that happening soon? Because we know he's been inconsistent, and we know the Yankees need a starting pitcher. Question is, when do you think is Sonny Gray is gonna, you know, get get that? that moment and it said to say, you know what, I got to start doing, I got to start writing the ship now. Um, well, I mean, now's the time. Now's when he has to. The minor leagues is out of out of question because he can't go to the minor leagues because of his, um, his service time. So he just can't send them down without his permission. Right. But, you know, he's, um, the thing with him is just that, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know what's going on with him. He's a different pitcher in Oakland. I, he just he can't pitch in Yankee Stadium right now. I hope he does get it together. But at some point in time, uh, you know, at some point in time, no nobody's job is safe really. 
at some point in, in time, you know, they're going to have to make an adjustment there. Yankees try to do everything for him. We try to give him a, um, you know, a personal catcher, had better numbers with Romine. Now that's not even true anymore. He's just, no matter who's catching him, it doesn't even matter. But um, hopefully he gets it going soon. Uh, but if not, then I, like, again, we said that we need starting pitching help. Right. So that's basically what's going to happen. They'll still, you know, but he, he, he looks like the type of guy, you know what he looks like? He looks like the type of guy that he would struggle throughout the season. Well, in this season in particular, and then like kind of like how AJ Burnett kind of did in 2009 and then like up and down and then come in the playoffs to have like a couple of really big starts that'll um, be the reason why the Yankees end up winning their 28th championship. That's, that, I don't know. I have like a feeling about that, but I hope he does get it together because we do need him. And um, he just they just he's just giving up rockets all over the field. Yeah, just, yeah, he's all uh, over the place. Better. He is all over the yeah. place. Joe, I I, yeah. I gotta ask you, man. You know, just one question, and then we'll we'll let you go. Um, dude, how do you do it going to the games? Almost, I know you you're right. You're right over there from around the corner from Yankee Stadium and all that. But yeah. I don't know how. Almost every game, you got to go to work. Me, I, if I was up over there, I would love to do that. But the schedule and everything like that, with me working and all that, I, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. How do you do it? How do you do it? What do you mean, go to the games? Yeah, just in general. Yeah, you know, because I, I find that awesome. You know that that you well, that you do that. Well, usually, like for, for my regular every day job, right? I usually would get out of work at like four o'clock. Right. And then, so I'll be able to make the games, like the night games, the weekends, I'll, I'll be able to make those games. That's right. not a problem. Right. Um, and in, in my package with my, I got partial, you know, like partial season tickets. I right. don't have full season tickets, so I can't make every single game, but mm-hmm. uh, the partial season games, then if I really can't make that game, then the Yankees are pretty flexible. Like I'll call them and then I'll be like, look, I can't make this game. Can we switch it to another one? And then we'll work that out. And then we'll switch it to another one. So I could be able to make all of the games within my package. Right. But if the, the games that I can't make, one of the things, and I'm home and I'm watching it, let's just say I just can't make the game for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, I'll be watching the game. And one new thing that I've been doing with my channel, my YouTube channel, is that I've been um, uh, streaming throughout the game. So... It'll be like, um, I'm not streaming the game per se. I'm streaming myself, so I, and I'm, at the same time, a whole bunch of people join. Right. Uh, and we all have conversations throughout the game, and then we react to plays all at the same time, and we all talk about it, and it's, it's, it's all happening live, right? So it's like mm-hmm. a, a whole live stream happening, uh, kind of getting the community together, another place to go while you're watching a game. That's... So um, that's, that's something new that I started this year. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Rather than me just sitting home all the time and just right. recording myself, that dude, that uh, that is awesome. That, that is yeah. awesome that you do that. Now, have you have you met players through this through this way of doing this or no? Not yet. Um, well, last year I met Devers. Um, I I spoken to a couple of Yankee players, you know, like Domingo Herman and right. and stuff like that, and yeah. um, like some of the younger players, Claver Torres. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the playoffs last year, my videos were like, you know, we were, I, I was 
you know, averaging a lot of uh, a lot of views. A lot of people were looking at it because I, I was I went to every playoff game last year. So did I. I'm not gonna miss any. So did I. And I was there too. Like, yeah. So in the Glaber Torres was like, yo, man, these, you know, these videos are awesome. Like he was uh, liking them and stuff like that. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, so I mean, it, it, it's stuff like that. But hopefully, I could you know maybe get get to meet some more players and you know, speak to them and, and be able to do those kind of things. That will bring, like, another level to my channel where I can be able to maybe talk to them and then they'll talk to the fan base and doing all of that. And what what is your YouTube uh, channel, Joe, by any chance? It's Joe's McFly, so it's J-O-E-Z-M-C-F-L-Y. Right. So you, you look for that. Uh, if you go on my Twitter, uh, same thing, Joe's McFly. I try to keep it real simple across all my platforms. So right, and on Instagram it's, too. Um, Twitter, Instagram, everything is all Joe's McFly. Right. If you go to those uh, those two things, whether it's my Twitter or Instagram, my link is in my bio, so it'll take you directly right to my uh, YouTube channel. Right. And you know, you subscribe and do all of that stuff right through there. That's awesome, dude. Well, Joe, listen, enjoy the game tonight. Tonight's game yes. is Yankees Red Sox ESPN yes. Sunday night baseball game of the week. Um, dude, just go out there, have a good time, be safe, and we'll talk to you more. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thank you, Joe. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Don't forget Severino's pitching today, and I always tell all Yankee fans, anybody that's listening, make sure you do keep your pinstripes on and you keep them strong. Let's go Yankees. That, that's it. Just like Harvey Day for the Mets back three years ago. It is Sevy <laughs> Sunday. Sevy yeah. Sunday. Remember that, ladies That's and gentlemen, all right? Thanks, jo- Joe. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. All right, thank you for having me. You got it, man. Anytime, anytime. That was Joe Solano, a.k.a. Joe Z. McFly. Yes. Big-time fan, man. Big-time fan. Joe Big-time is one of, the, one of the more honest fans you'll meet, one of the most hardcore fans you'll meet. He's awesome with a capital A. I honestly can't wait to have him in studio, maybe next week. And what's crazy is you hear when you hear favorite Yankees, you hear Jeter all, all the time. You hear, you know, Bernie uh, Williams Pettit. and Pettit. I even have someone that said Clemens. Yeah. <laughs> but you really hear Mo. You really, really, really hear he only Mo. In, he only came in one at, once an inning, but it would always be for the most important inning, the ninth. But he was the closer of all the closers, the best closer Sad in history. Man. And he has... Probably one of the best pitches. That cutter is one of the best weapons in sports. Forget, Hands down. Forget baseball. One of the best weapons in sports. Hands down. <laughs> and if you want to go follow Joe Solano, just go follow him at Joe Z, the letter Z, McFly. Go follow him on Instagram. You will not be disappointed. Awesome content. Great fan. And Sean, just in general, dude, another another – Another great caller. Yes, yes. Will, Will, Will is like six for six with these four for four. callers. Four for four. Soon be six for six. Yes. <laughs> Soon. Soon. We'll, we'll figure it out. Oh, yes, we will. <laughs> Sean, get into the World Cup. Yes. You know. Wait, wait, wait. Will, 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 Will. You, you skipped my Mets, man. You, 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 they're done. They're, they're you last skip, place. No, you, 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 no, no, no. You don't just skip my Mets. All right, like you that, go. Though. You go talk about your Mets. Sean. Yes, I'm gonna talk you go about talk about Mets. your Mets. I'm gonna talk about how the one pitcher that pitches you think they're going to win, and Jacob Degrom, and they find a way to lose it again. Granted, it was Degrom's fault uh, yesterday. The three right. runs, I think, over like six and a third. But um, he threw one bad pitch. He gave up a gave up a two run shot, and then the wheels kind of you know what I'm saying fell off from from there. But you know um. 
I think it was Tim Kirchin was saying on uh, SportsCenter uh, yesterday mm-hmm. that um, the Wilpons have already made up their mind that they're not going to hire a GM within, which goes against what people thought that John Rico was kind of like the GM in like waiting. And Tim Kirchin said, and for all Mets fans out there, you don't want to hear this name, but Tim Kirchin said, a lot of times the GM is who sits in the owner's box. Well, it just so happens Omar Manaya sits in the owner's box Part for two. more most games. I would hate that if 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 I'm he would Mets. be spending the Mets dollar almost all the time. Nobody wants to come here, and I think he built the team based on guys he went on and gotten Delgado and Beltran, Beltran Martinez, and Martinez, and Glavin, and all these guys. Glavin came in with, I believe, with uh, I think Glavin was the beginning of. Uh, no, I think he was with. I think he was with uh, after the 2002 season or before the 2002 season. I forget who the GM was. Steve right Phillips. Steve Phillips. Steve Phillips. Steve Phillips. Yeah. So, I hope not. I hope he isn't. Uh, I hope there isn't a Omar Part Two. But you know, um, you know, obviously Sandy with his you know health don't scare. That's you know you gotta uh, take care of that man. But you know it's, yeah. it's um Tough, tough situation. What's going on over there with Sandy Holderson? The Mets were twelve and two, and since then the Mets are twenty and forty six. Worst record in the majors. Worst record in the majors belongs to the New York. It's it's hard to fathom that. Well, there were there were so many teams that you thought weren't going to do anything. Chicago, and 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 um, the team uh, slips me, but you know, to start twelve and two and. You're twenty and forty six. Twenty and forty six. Well, there's a in lot that there's a lot of things. time frame. The Mariners are forty six and twenty. <laughs> so that is crazy. That is extremely crazy that a team granted it's the op, uh, opposite league but has the has your record backwards. Yeah. So it's 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 it's, it's crazy well and I can't pinpoint it. There's so much things wrong with, with this team and you know, like Will said the later it gets, the more out of the race. Well, they're out of the race now. But the later the season gets, it won't be, it won't be any reason to really talk. That's, unless there's news, a trade, uh, injury, uh, you know. Ricky Cowley like gets fired, which it won't happen this year. And I don't think he should because I don't think it's his fault. Right. I but, agree. Um, but, um, you know. So we shall see, Will. We shall see. Oh, that's my name again. Second time we mentioned that. We'll see. In the place to be. <laughs> Just remember that. So, With Sean T. Yeah, so... Uh, It'll be interesting to see what goes on in right. Flushing in, in the next coming weeks. Mm-hmm. So we'll see about the Mets, what will happen with them. Obviously a horrible situation right now, what's going on with Sandy Alderson. Yeah, that's really bad. You know, but to switch it up now, go to the World Cup for a little bit. Yep. Go to the World Cup. Just uh, quick thoughts on the World Cup for yourself. Some upsets, man. Uh, the knockout stage started uh, this uh, weekend, and, uh, you know, well, I had Brazil and Argentina in the final, and Argentina's out. Argentina lost to France. And, well, if you remember in the World Cup, a preview, which country did I say was a sleeper team? Well, France. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and France's oldest player, France has, uh, France's oldest player is 28 years old. Their oldest player right. is 20. Well, I'm 29. I'm 27. <laughs> so it's like their oldest players. So this is well, this is going to be a team that at least for the next two World Cups they're going to saying be there. So that was a crazy win. I watched part of it at work, and they beat Argentina four uh, three, upset 
So Messi's out. The game after that, Uruguay, um, uh, Portugal, Ronaldo got a chance to shine. What happens? They lose. Uruguay beats them 2-1, so Portugal is out. And then today, Spain, they won it uh, eight, uh, eight years ago. Uh, granted, half, half of that team is gone. But give credit to the host country. Russia, they tied the game late. They played the two extra halves. There was no score. And then their keeper, their goalkeeper, with back-to-back saves. And then the captain of the team scores a game-winning penalty kick. So they win 4-3 on penalty kicks. And the host, Russia, Spain, will go on to play the Croatia-Denmark uh, winner. That game was in the first of the overtime halves. Uh, still uh, still tied at one. So, well, it could be a situation where the host country could be in the top four for the first time since France in 98. France just happened to win it uh, that, uh, that year. Still one of two countries to host the World Cup and win the World Cup, Brazil being the other uh, country. And Russia's well, right on the precipice of that too. Right. Well, I think it's setting up on a platter for Brazil to win this thing. Messi out, Argentina, and Ronaldo out, Portugal, now Spain is out. You know, there's only like three, two or three powerhouse countries left. Brazil, England, France, and Brazil is better than all, than the other two teams. So. What about Uruguay? Uruguay is strong, but I look at teams that have good players versus a good team. And Brazil, yes, they have Neymar, a superstar, but they have overall they're overall a good team. Right. Uruguay. Now the two best players scored yesterday. They're kind of like um the Portugal. If you neutralize Ronaldo, nobody else is. Is really gonna beat you, right? Uh, Uruguay has two guys, uh, Cavani and uh, uh, Suarez. They're two blessed guys. Both of those guys scored uh, yesterday. But you know, if you if you could neutralize those two, then 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 you know it's 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 you could they not say they're going to lose, but right. But you know, so and they probably will lose because guess mm-hmm. who they just happened to play this week, France. The aforementioned France. The aforementioned sleeper pick France. So Crazy. We shall see. Oh, we shall see indeed. Sean. Yes, sir. We talked about Mets Yankees. We talked about John Tavares shaking my head about that. Yep. We talked about the NBA. you have any final thoughts? Final thoughts on, you know, concluding? The week ahead, I, I think, well, this time next week will be July 8th. Happy early 4th to everyone. Uh, happy early 4th um, uh, to everyone. That's... Um, that's you know um, going to go out uh, celebrate. So please be safe uh, on the fourth. Well, I think this time next week, July eighth, I think we're going to know where LeBron James is is going to be uh, playing. So looking very looking forward to having that show and seeing where he's going to be, man. Yes, and not only that though, but with regards to the Yankees and all that, the Yankees are going to be going up against a. Uh, they're going to be going up against Boston tonight, obviously. Obviously, Severino's going up. And seeing what, what what they're about to accomplish right now, the All-Star Game's coming up. Final vote might be coming up uh, this week, too, for them. The yeah. Mets, obviously, they might be trading away a lot of guys. Uh, you know, who knows what might be happening over there. You have any shout-outs? Yes, I want to shout-out everybody that, you know, has been tuning in, giving us the ratings on it. In iTunes, the feedback is good. So, you know, everybody just keep it coming. Me and Will work very hard. The people here uh Gotham, they work very hard as well. So, shout out to them too. Guys over at Gotham Podcast Studios over here has been phenomenal. Our producer, 
Uh, Lee, thank you so much. Lee, thank you. Thank you again. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, obviously, Caleb and Mike. Great producers. Right. Um, the people over at Matt. The people over at Emmett's Pizza. Can't Pete's, forget Matt. Can't no. forget about Matt or Brianna either. Correct. The people over at Emmett's Pizza today. Deep dish Chicago style pizza that here in New York. Awesome. New York, dude. Give them a shout out, please. We are giving you a shout out right now. Hopefully, you guys are listening. Yes. You guys were awesome with Capilete, and we will be back over there. Right. And again, sponsor every, maybe? Maybe. Very soon. We'll think about it. Oh, we shall see. We'll have a good week, my friend. Sean. Awesome baby with a capital A. That's right. All right. For Sean Thomas and Lee and for everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, this is William Trucci logging out. Have a safe week, everybody. We will talk to you soon. On Board Sports, out. <laughs>